Welcome to Bethesda Broadcast, the podcast of Bethesda Church in Huron, South Dakota. This year, we got to extend our Christmas season into January. Due to extreme cold temperatures in December, we had to cancel our children's Christmas program. Due to that program being rescheduled for this past Sunday, Pastor Roy was able to give a short message called Making Sense of Christmas. We encourage you to open up your Bibles and follow along with Pastor Roy as he helps us make sense of Christmas. Well, it is January, uh, but Christmas is something we can really experience year-round and should. And I just wanted to share a few thoughts about making sense out of Christmas. Uh, Many of you are probably, if you tune into Fox News at all, you've heard of the name Jesse Waters, Waters World, uh, where he goes out in the street and he interviews people to get their thoughts and ideas about different things. And I just kind of picture Jesse Waters going out and say, tell me what Christmas is all about. Make sense of Christmas for me. What is it all about? And he holds up the microphone to them. And what would we hear? I think we would hear things like, well, it's about exchanging gifts, you know, giving gifts to family and friends and exchanging gifts. I think it's about going to Christmas parties and eating too many sweets and goodies and gaining too much weight. I think it's about family gatherings, getting together and having family gatherings. I think it's about decorations, Christmas lights and putting up decorations in the house and making it look beautiful. We would hear all those things, and if that was all Christmas was, or even coming to a musical at church, we would miss the true meaning of Christmas. And yet I think that's where the majority of our culture is today. That's what Christmas is to them. If Jesse Waters was to hold up the microphone to them, they would say, well, that's what it is. That's what Christmas is. But it's a lot more than that. Christmas is about Christ. It's about the revelation of Jesus Christ. It tells us in the Gospel of John, the Word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. Why did he do that? That's the big question. Why did he become flesh? Because God didn't have anything to do? And he just wanted to decide, hey, poof, here's a child. And no, he wanted to reveal himself to us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us so that we would understand who God is. Jesus is God in the flesh. John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. Glory is of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. If Jesus is the revelation of God, and he is, that means that God exists. If God exists, then we are accountable to him. We are accountable to this God who has come in the flesh. And it says he dwelt among us. He tabernacled among us. He put his presence here among us. In the Old Testament, the Israelites, when they were wandering through the wilderness, they built a tabernacle. That tabernacle was to, it was a portable one that they could move from place to place because it represented God's presence, where God would meet with man. 
to show us in the future in the New Testament when the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. That was Jesus coming in the flesh to build a personal relationship with us. Yes, we build churches and tabernacles here so that we can have a special meeting time with God, but the truth is, Jesus, God is everywhere, and he wants us to recognize that. Many people cannot make sense out of life because they have not made sense out of Christmas. When we do not make sense out of something, then we tend to embrace illusions. Illusions are things, it's a misperception of reality. It is an erroneous perception of reality. Let me give you a quick example. I have here in my pocket, and you're not going to be able to see this very well from a distance, but I have two cards here. We hand these out uh, oftentimes at our Super Summer Jam. And if you hold these two cards up close, this way the blue one looks smaller than the red one. And then you flip it around, and now the red one looks smaller than the blue one. And you flip them back, and it looks... And you say, which one's bigger? Well, it depends on how you hold them. Actually, they're the same size. It's an optical illusion. It's a misperception of reality. And when you have an illusionist who tries to perform a trick... The idea is to get you to believe something that is not real. And that's what happens in our world today is there are many, many illusions. Let me give you some examples. The first one is to say there is no God. That's an illusion, to say there is no God. In Psalm 14:1, the fool says in his heart there is no God. And so what do people do? In believing that illusion, they suppress the truth about God. And why do they do that? They suppress the truth about God because to have God in my conscience, if I don't do right, then I feel a twinge of guilt. And so to get rid of that twinge of guilt, I embrace an illusion. There is no God. And so that's one illusion that people embrace. A second illusion people embrace is an illusion of goodness. I'm a good person. I do good things. I'm okay. God's pleased with my good deeds. However, here's what the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 7.20. Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Wow. It means we're not all good. In fact, none of us are good. He goes on to say in Psalms, there is none who does good, not even one. That's continued on in Psalm 14. So there's an illusion of goodness that people embrace. And oftentimes people do good deeds to try to erase their bad ones, outweigh the bad ones. My good outweighs my bad, then I'm going to be okay with God. However, that's an illusion. That's not reality. So we have an illusion about God. We have an illusion about our goodness. Let me give you another one. We have an illusion of power. The illusion of power says, I can do whatever I want. I can do what I want. Well, that's true to a point. In fact, in the short poem by William Ernest Henley called Invictus, 
which is Latin for unconquered. Here's what it says in the last line of that poem. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. This this idea of I have power to do what I want. King Herod thought he had that kind of power. He was going to destroy all children two years old and younger. And he was going to do away with the Christ child. And he thought God's plan would be thwarted. However, he had an illusion of power. He wasn't able to do it. Fourthly, there's an illusion of control. Some people think, well, not only do they have power, but they're in control of their life. Well, that's true to a point, too. But who makes your heart beat and who gives you air to breathe? God does. Here's what the Apostle Paul says about an illusion of control. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. There's an illusion of control in our lives. Let me give you another one. There's an illusion of joy as well. So many people think they know what will bring happiness to them. Well, if I could just have more stuff, I would be happy. If I could just have more money in the bank, I would be happy. Better job. I could buy happiness. We cling to things that we think will bring happiness and security. Let me give you one more. And this one's crucial because it impacts, all these impact all of us, the illusion of time. So many people think that every day will be just like the last day. Uh, that I'll always have time to get right with God. I'll always have time to respond sometime down the road and do what God wants me to do. It's out there, I know, I know. I, I, I'm going to do it one day. I'm going to become that person. I'm going I'm to respond. I'm, I'm going to get serious about seeking after God. But that time never seems to come around. It's an illusion. The reality is we only have right now. That's all I have. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, here's what it says. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. And he's talking about the Israelites who hardened their heart against God. If you hear God's voice today, respond today. That's the best thing we can do. The message of Christmas, making sense of Christmas, is the Christ child came and became flesh because of our sin that separated us from God. And notice I said our sin, my sin, your sin. We're all sinners. We're all broken people. And Jesus Christ died for broken people, sinful people, separated from God. He loved us so much, it's a message of love and grace. Because it goes on to say, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. The grace of God that wants to reconcile us to himself. So maybe you're here today 
and you have things in your life that you know separate you from God, today understand that Jesus grew up and gave his life on the cross. He gave his flesh on the cross that we could be reconciled to him. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. That's why he came, that I could be reconciled to God and so could you. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. As you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning, would you just take a little spiritual inventory? Are you embracing reality in your life or are you embracing an illusion? An illusion of power, an illusion of control, an illusion of joy. What illusion are you embracing? Maybe an illusion about God that you are embracing that is not real. An illusion of control, of goodness. What about an illusion of time? Well, one of these days. If the Spirit of God is knocking on the door of your heart this morning, today is the day of salvation. Would you open your heart to the Lord and say, God, I realize I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin and shed his blood that I could be forgiven of my sin and have a personal relationship with you. If that's you, then you will experience not an illusion of joy, you'll experience true joy. You will experience true peace. You will experience a relationship with God. If you have questions about that, we'd be glad to pray with you after the service. Would you talk to one of us or call the church, set up a time where we could sit down with you? We're glad you're here today, and we trust that God will meet the need of your heart. It's the place of hope in Jesus Christ. It's a place where brokenness finds healing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.